0: Good morning and welcome it is Sunday you know what that means but it is the final regular slate for NFL where we get two games because we are at the conference finals Super Bowl is the next stop so obviously that's a showdown slate and to be honest we've got two matchups where I can see a couple of different scenarios but you know I, 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 got a, I, I definitely have a feel in terms of one matchup where I'm probably going to be on the opposite side of the general public, and another matchup where I think I'm going to be on the opposite side of the general public, and to be honest, uh, uh, so this could be a rough week for me, or this looks like a really good week for me, but that's the reason why we, we try to get creative, so Without much further ado, let's talk about these uh, uh, matchups. First off, we've got the Bengals traveling to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. And, you know, I got to be honest here. I said this yesterday, and I still believe it to be true. I think this line's way too big. I think this line is way too big. Chiefs favored by a touchdown over the Bengals. And to me, I think the line's too big. But... We can, if you don't feel comfortable betting on the Bengals by a touch, uh, uh, being an underdog by a touchdown, we can tease this because we are in a spot where this line is so large. You can tease, if you don't believe in uh, the Bengals, you can tease this up where you've got a 13 point spread where. Casey truly has to blow him out, and let's be honest for ourselves here. In the playoffs, it's real. You, you've got to wall teams, and we saw this happen where even in a spot where you know you're questioning how the hell did uh, Tampa Bay get back in that game, it's still enough of a sp- uh, spread where you got to be honest with yourselves here. Gotta be honest with yourselves. It's doable that uh it's doable that uh if you tease this, you can get the Bengals plus 13 and then go which way on the Rams 49ers game you want in terms of how you wanna uh, tease it. Because again, the Rams and 49ers are closely matched. It's not the craziest thing in the world to think this that Rams-49ers game doesn't shoot out. So even if you don't want to bet the winner of the Rams-49ers, it could end up being a very tight ball game because both teams start trying to run the ball. You could tease that line up because the line on the Rams-49ers is 45 and a half. You could tease that to, uh, if you take the uh, the teaser, you get the Bengals up to 13, you get that total to 51 and a half and take, and take the under. You got to hope somehow you get a defensive touchdown because I have a hard time believing Rams 49ers blows uh, goes into a shootout. I think these teams know what's at stake here. The 49ers know how badly Garoppolo has played. I can't see them going too crazy pass uh, pass happy and the Rams have struggled against this 49ers pass rush and trying to line them up in the secondary we've seen this matchup a, a couple of times where the Rams should have put out way the 49ers and the Ra- and the and they couldn't get it done and the 49ers claw their way back we could see a similar spot that's the way this game uh uh shoots out though if it and it goes over the total is if the Rams get up big and then slowly but surely they get too conservative and the 49ers claw their way back that would be the scenario of how this game uh, blows uh, blows up over 50 points because I don't really see a scenario unless the Rams score enough points early enough and then force the 49ers to get more aggressive and maybe they turn the ball over with Jimmy G or maybe they actually get themselves back being more aggressive throwing the ball. I don't see that uh, game shooting out. The Kansas City game, Bengals at a touchdown underdog. Oh, that's a. To me, that's a classic T-spot. And to be honest, I could easily see myself just betting this line. Actually, well, not see myself. I already did bet the line at seven. I'm sorry. You know, as much as we criticize Zach Taylor as a coach, the talent on this roster is real. And Casey's problem is in the secondary. And they love blitzing, which is exactly what the Bengals like to do. They want to have a blitzing defense. Steve Spagnuolo can't help himself to to blitz, and he wants to get a pass rush. The problem with KC's pass rush is that Chris Jones hasn't been consistent enough generating pass rush. One o like just without getting the additional help. That's the problem. As much as the Bengals give up tons of sacks, they led the lead in sacks allowed. The issue is how consistently can. KC generate pressure without having to blitz, and I'm not entirely sold on the premise that they can actually get that done without blitzing. uh The same amount, and uh, KC was one of the most blitz happy teams throughout the season. So that's why it's like they're playing outside of what they're comfortable doing. They're comfortable blitzing. It's really hard to get out of your comfort zone, especially when you're this close to the Super Bowl you're more likely to play to your uh, to what you know how you want to play than trying to do something different. Even though doing something different is actually a more prudent strategy, I could see Kansas City talking themselves into playing that same aggressive style and blitzing Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is my favorite play in terms of the QB uh, uh, pairings today. Uh, and it's not that close uh, to me. It's more of a, I have no issues playing Patrick Mahomes. D- don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I have no issues playing Patrick Mahomes today. So don't. So when I say Burrow's my favorite QB play, don't mean, uh, interpret it to mean that I dislike Patrick Mahomes today. He's number two. It's just that with the salary savings you can do with Burrow, you can then squeeze in all the pieces in terms of a game stack here. And I think that's the way I'm likely to be going. You can fit in Hill and Kelsey. It's a lot easier uh, doing it with Burrow. And you take the dollar savings uh, with uh, uh, with Burrow as opposed to uh, paying up from homes. And the truth of the matter is, you don't even have to worry that much about salary this week because the everyone got priced down more than they should. The D, DraftKings and FanDuel as well, but not to the same extent as DraftKings. But both sites have priced down players to make it as easy as possible for cut uh, for customers to put together all star teams and feel like they're in the mix the entire game and just hoping for a shootout. That's what they're banking on. This this is this is pretty much. Uh, cookie cutter DFS slate, depending on how you want to build your roster. The question is, how do you want to get different enough from your competition to win something significant? And in my opinion, most people are going to gravitate towards Mahomes at 3400 on DraftKings, 8800 on FanDuel. I think if you take Burrow at 6600 and 7500 on FanDuel, you can squeeze in more pieces without having to go cheaper at other spots. Now I'm not saying Byron Pringle is a bad play. He's a phenomenal play, and he's way too cheap, especially on DraftKings at 4,300. It's like the, DraftKings is telling you, "Hey, you want Mahomes? Play Byron Pringle, and then you can play uh, Hill and Kelsey as well if you want." That's what they're telling me. Casual players will just say, "Oh, I can play." Uh, uh, I can play Mahomes, and I can try to fit in Kelsey and uh, uh, Kelsey and Hill, and then I'll just try to play Van Jefferson or Juwan Jennings and be ultra cheap in the in these later games, and just uh, and they'll just start picking at pieces from the other game. What I'm telling you to do is no pick a game that you want to concentrate on. And price it that way, because there are enough ancillary pieces with the major players that you can squeeze in Jamar Chase. He's sixty seven hundred on DraftKings, way too cheap. He's way too cheap on DraftKings. So Jamar Chase should be the highest owned receiver today. If he's not, someone effed up. Because I know Tyreek Hill is seven K, but we have tons of options on the Chiefs that he uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes can go to. Cooper Cup's 8,800. Yes. Cooper Cup's going to be owned. He's still going to be owned in the late game. But in this early game, I think the Chiefs and uh, Bengals, rightfully, are going to be the highest owned plays of the day. I think Cooper Cup's going to be. He's still going to be owned. Don't get me wrong. Cooper Cup's still going to be owned. He still should be the highest projected player. But I think, folks are going to be concentrating on this KC, uh, KC Cincinnati game because there's so many questions about the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Can they be explosive enough to make it a back-and-forth game that you're going to get lower ownership on Cooper Cup? But I'll say this, with your Cup builds, you got to be diligent about how you're pricing it out because if you're just playing Cup for the sake of playing Cup, I don't think that's necessarily enough. I think you kind of, if you want to play Cooper Cup, I kind of believe just the way it works out, you're, you're going to have to consider pairing him with Matthew Stafford to get different from the other folks who are playing Cooper Cup, but just focusing on Patrick Mahomes, but playing Cooper Cup as, a, as the play in the late window and then concentrating on the Chiefs' pieces. I think that's a very uh, likely scenario. But from my perspective, I think the best way of going about it is picking your game script and letting the public kind of go with uh, some certain plays if they're uh, feeling an emotion for. So to me, I think people will uh, avoid Debo Samuel. Debo's, Debo's a fine play if you're trying to get leverage on the field. I, I don't have an issue with it just because from a usage standpoint, Debo, they're still trying to, uh, the 49ers are still going to try to work Debo into the game as much as possible. Debo with the busted shoulder last week, you saw how much he was struggling and you've got pieces here. It's not, it's not a mystery of who the go-to guys are. George Kittle is the play of the big guys, the well-known guys that I will have the least amount of exposure to just from the standpoint of, Kittle is banged up. He is gutting it out, but there are stretches of games where you don't see Kittle really involved in the offense is because he's laboring as much as he is in terms of all the injuries he's racked up over the course of the season. So to me, I'm going to have lower exposure on Kittle as opposed to some of the main targets on both teams. So Kelsey, I'll definitely have more uh, pieces of in terms of tight end. Uzoma, because Joe Burrow keeps targeting him, and Uzoma being 3,400, I love the idea of a Kelsey-Uzoma double tight end build today. I'm perfectly good with that. Just so you guys know. I'm perfectly good with that, just because they are going to get peppered with targets throughout the course of the game, and their QBs trust them. So when they need a play to move the chains, they're going to be looking at them. I love the volume that I can get with both tight ends today. And it makes up for having to try to slice and dice a running back. Just on who's the hot hand, because with Kent city. I still believe Jared McKinnon, even though last week you saw Clyde Edwards, Hilaire get some work in series. I don't think it's a case where he did enough to be the guy. I think it's a timeshare situation, and I still think McKinnon is in the driver's seat of that, but it's still a timeshare. The other question mark is, is Cam Akers, after the multiple fumbles last week, is he still going to get the full workload for the Rams? I think he will, because we've seen Sonny Michel just be marginalized further and further from this offense. But if Acres has a couple of early uh, turnovers again, that changes the situation. So for me, I, I kind of look at it as if we go double tight end. It avoids having uh, that question of how many, uh, how many uh, do we go three running backs or not? Because Joe Mixon is the safest guy, but. I also see a lower ceiling for Joe Mixon than some of the other plays we're talking about in the wide receiver range. But I will still be playing uh, a decent amount of Joe Mixon. Now, Cam Akers, we talked about this, the fumbles. I think uh, there's a receiving yards prop of 18.5 yards per Akers. We know the Rams like to dump off uh, a couple of passes through their backs. It's not the craziest thing in the world that uh Cam Akers beats that 18 and a half rushing yards uh I mean uh, 18 and a half receiving yards uh prop uh within the first uh, half because of I I think the Rams are going to be uh, trying to get creative moving the ball. So that being said, you know, in terms of the wide receiver plays uh because McKinnon is 5100 Cam Akers is 5k and then you got Eli Mitchell at 50, 5900 with Mixon at 6800. There's not a whole lot of value dropping down in price on some of these guys because the main guys are cheap enough to uh, uh to be worthwhile. It it's 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 a, it's a situation where you have to kind of take what you can get and Maximize the raw points because could we try to build out individual game scripts to, to, uh, that the model would be most successful? Absolutely, but from my perspective, you can run into this cheap pricing just getting studs, and once if the if the studs start hitting, it's just it's a wrap. If you if you went balance build without uh, going crazy on it, so. I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not get too cute with uh, the builds uh, today, and and work within the confines of uh, how things are shaping up. So not going too crazy in terms of uh, how how some of these constructions are going. So um, that's that's the main thought process for construction. I'm gonna be heavy on the Chiefs-Bengals uh, game, much lighter on. Uh, Rams or Niners. Try to limit myself to two, three pieces from that game. Not go too crazy over uh, over the number of pieces involved. Just because, from my perspective, it's it's the Chiefs uh, Bengals game that is the most likely to shoot out. I think we get a more controlled running game from both teams, and. It, it just kind of comes down to kicking battle uh, between the kickers and punters to see who can scrap enough points. That's my working theory for these games. Whereas Chiefs Bengals can shoot out, and then it kind of comes down to, does this go to OT? Does it need a field goal? I just think the line is too big uh, to try to uh, address it through the money line. So, uh, yeah. That's uh, my thought process on the slate and how to approach it. Um, just talking about showdown uh, between the Chiefs and uh, Bengals. Uh, I like Jamar Chase and the captain. And just being perfectly honest, I think you do Chase and the captain. You, you have Gerald Burrow. You run it back with McKinnon. You have take your choice between uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, or Hill. And you roll from there. I don't think you need to get too cute from a showdown perspective uh, when uh, when you have uh, some of these pieces. So from my perspective, that's the way to go in terms of the showdown lineup construction. is taking uh, taking a Chase at a discount to Burrow and then pick and choose your cheese pieces that you want to align yourself with because they're all great plays. Uh, you got Pringle still too cheap for a uh, showdown perspective. He, he's been the wide receiver too for the Chiefs. Uh, even with Hartman around, uh, Pringle's been getting to work uh, to move the sticks. I just don't I don't see that much of a reason to get off of um, Chase here. I really don't. They, you know, you you get the discount. You got McKinnon. You can, like I said, you can take your choice between uh, some of these other uh, pieces, uh, whether it's Hill, Kelsey, uh, Mahomes, and kind of work your way from there. Because, yeah, could we end up not seeing Add so much work from a guy like uh, Demarcus Robinson, and uh, you know the the Daryl Williams of the world, absolutely. So for those players, I'll be a little bit more uh, conservative in terms of the main bill. But for showdown, the pricing, you may end up on the a, a Demarcus Robinson, who had no involvement with the Bills game last week, so it's not entirely clear. Uh, he's in uh, he's in the clear but uh, in terms of uh, being able to play him without having reservations I just think you don't need to go overboard with the lineup construction in my opinion it's just uh, lining lining itself up in in that fashion in my regard so uh, what else do we got oh Yeah, it in terms of the second game. Yeah, so let's let's be clear with this one. For the second game, the way I want to approach uh yeah, the way I want to approach uh, the showdown for uh, Rams 49ers, I wanna be targeting Cooper Cup and I wanna be on the running backs. And then we'll we'll let the chips fall where they may, but I can see myself Playing uh, captain role for, I can see myself playing the captain role for Cooper Cup, and then starting to work my way back. As to hmm uh, I would be considering, I uh, guess the one guy that I want to see if he's active or not, and you have to look out for uh, the inactive reports is Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu is 200 bucks on uh, DraftKings. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, take <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily take him on the main side. I just think it's too slim of a play. The pricing's too thin. But in showdown where you're constrained with the salary cap and you're trying to fit in Cooper Cup, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world um, to play Muhammad Sanu, because he could be active, and if he's active, he's going to get that third down uh, wide receiver work to move the sticks. And as ineffective as Garoppolo has been throwing the ball, Sanu is a guy who can get himself open, and those are the throws that Jimmy can make. Because it's it's nice, straightforward in his line of vision, and it's not deep enough where he chunks the pass. He should be able to hit Muhammad's new, God willing. <laughs> but I, I I like I said, this is a showdown play only in large field tournaments. You don't need to do this uh, unless you're trying to take down a huge pot with thousands, like ten thousand plus people. You don't need to go to the Muhammad's News of the World, uh, if he's active, that is. Uh, if he's not active, uh, obviously you wouldn't play him. But to save money and play uh, Cooper Cup captain, you're going to have to get creative in terms of your roster construction. But I would like to say you can pl- uh, playing Cooper Cup captain, you should be correlating that with Stafford as uh, your QB throwing him to passes as well. So just bear that in mind. But um, yeah, in terms of who wins these matchups, I still think the Chiefs win. But as I said, the line is too big at plus seven. I have to take uh, the dog and the points, even though I think uh, uh, they'll still lose to the Chiefs. I'm not as, uh, I'm not as convinced that this game is going to be a clear-cut uh, blowout win for the Chiefs. Now, in the nightcap, again, kind of a coin flip situation. Rams are, without question, the better team. But the 49ers match up extremely well against them. McVeigh, for whatever reason, just does not have a great feel for countering uh, uh, some of the uh, items that uh, Shanahan throws out at him. So we could see ourselves in a spot where, you know, it gets pretty dicey. I I think this, uh, in terms of the games, this is the tightest of the games even though I don't think it's going to be a blowout either for the Chiefs Bengals, but I could see this coming down to a kicking contest between Rams and 49ers. So, you know, I, I like, uh, uh to be able to tease it or just take, uh, the under, uh, outright at 45 and a half. But I think if you tease it, get the Bengals up, take the under anyway. uh but this time you get it at the 51 and a half as opposed to just betting it outright at 45 and a half. I think that's the way to go. So, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, we talked about the props yesterday, but it's, it's pretty much in line, uh, taken way under on, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, 37 and a half, uh, like acres receiving wise, uh, to, uh, put up some numbers. Jamar chase longest reception. Definitely think he's going to go over 28 and a half yards because I think Burrow's going to force feed a deep shot to him. Even if it's not the wise decision, he's going to allow Chase a chance to make a play and uh, go deep. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've got in terms of the, the game breakdown. But uh, best of luck to everyone. Uh, you got thin pricing all around, so you should be able to construct rosters. And uh, if you listen to what I said, uh, you should be well on your way to uh, building out your own all-star build uh, today. So, I'm gonna get out of here, and uh, best of luck, folks. Enjoy the games, and uh, we're we're going uh, next up is the Super Bowl after this. So, so uh, you know, season's right at the at the end, but uh, you know, it's been a uh, it, it's been a wild ride thus far, and I expect to see some more fireworks today. But have a good one. Enjoy the games. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.